Hi. Hey. What's up? It's super dark in my room. It's because we're filming. At night. At night. Did you know that that episode of um, SpongeBob was removed from, like, all platforms? Because when uh, Mr. Krabs goes, the panty raid, I guess that was deemed, like, too inappropriate, even for SpongeBob. So that episode is no longer, like, available to stream. That's ridiculous. That's one of my favorite episodes. That's one of the best episodes. Yeah. Hate that. At night. Taking out the trash. Taking at at night. night. I love- you know what? Relatable. Relatable. That's a- recording the podcast. At, at night. night. <laughs> um, which SpongeBob character are you and which one am I? Oh, that's hard. You know, it's kind of weird because together I could see us being like silly, goofy SpongeBob Patrick, but I can't see us individually being SpongeBob or Patrick. Right. And if we were SpongeBob and Patrick, which one is which? Right. That's where it gets tricky. Like, I feel like we switch depending on the day. We definitely do. I'm Spongebob. I'm Patrick. And this is The Little Sleep. Much reading podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, His brain dried up, and he went completely out of his mind. Uh, so good. Oh, one of us could be SpongeBob and one could be Doodle Bob. <laughs> I love it. And is Princess P Gary? Absolutely, she is. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, she dips into Squidward, but. Oh my God. Did you see that TikTok I sent you of the little cat going bombastic side eye? Yeah. <laughs> why, why did P- I was like, is that P? That is P. It was P. She runs her own TikTok that she doesn't tell you about. I fully believe it in my soul, to be honest. Oh, P. Um, I am so brain dead today, everyone. I don't know what it is. I just like. I was, I feel like I was like playing tech support to my parents all day. Uh-huh. And then I had to go to like my business meeting after that. And it just felt like just a lot of like hoopla today. Sounds like a lot of hoopla. hoopla. You have work tomorrow? Yeah, but not till 530. Oh, good. So you can rest your little brain in the morning. A little bit. I will rest for a little bit. And then I have to do a whole bunch of business stuff. I'm going to look at a whole bunch of websites and see which ones I like and what I like about them. And I got to, uh, you know, I just wrote down all the stuff that I have to do. And like, again, popped out of my brain. Um, I'm going to have to edit tomorrow. I'm going to have to um, fix my binder because it's a mess and I have to reorganize it. And yeah, lots of just crazy little business things that I have to do. But I think I think I'm going to keep it small tomorrow. Small business things tomorrow. No business. Nothing Thursday because I'll be too busy. Maybe a little bit Friday. Yeah. Nothing Saturday. Nothing. Nothing. Too much. Like on Thursday, I wake up. I think, I can't remember because I've just been wild. I think I have a business meeting at 9 a.m. Then I got to get my teeth cleaned at 10. 
Then I work at 1 to 5.30. Then Nick's supposed to be picking me up. Friday, day off. We chill. We relax. I have dinner with friends that night. Um, Saturday, I've got a business thing at freaking 8 a.m. That's going to take like four hours. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And then I have to go to my uncle's house and um, just be cute there because that's how it is. And then Nick's picking me up and we're going to dinner with his parents and then to see a show. It's going to be crazy. You're seeing Hades Town on Saturday. No, I already saw it. It was great. You loved it. I loved it. Also, I watched Don't Worry, Darling. Okay. And what did you think about Don't Worry, Darling? Um, When I saw real Harry... I literally couldn't look at the screen. Like, I was like, Nick, you have to tell me when he's gone because I feel like I'm sick to my stomach right now. I know. I know. I can't see him like that. No. Like, why? I've never thought that Harry was ugly in my life until I saw him like that. that. Yep. What did they do to him to make him that ugly? They definitely gave him, like, pockmarks for sure. And then his hair and the glasses. Did they like, why was it so flat? It was so it was flat so... and stringy. They like I could smell that guy. He smells so like ugly. corn chips. Corn chips, bro. Corn chips and like deli grease. Do you ever walk into Ew. a deli that smells like grease? Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. Oh. I hate that. Um, yeah. And like. I feel like I watched that movie and I was really critical of it a lot of a lot just because of like what I've heard from people and also just like thinking that like Olivia Wilde directed this and I'm like she could have done a much better job but like Nick was like that was great that was such a good movie I was like I'm so glad you liked it bestie because I hated it because it wasn't my favorite like it was good I liked it I just know it could have been better Exactly. And that's what pissed me off. Also, Harry is a really bad actor, I think. I didn't mind him, to be honest. I... (sighs) But also, I think I part of the reason why I didn't mind it is because it was, like, a simulation. Yeah, that's true. Because you... But you watched the gay... You watched the gay one. Okay, but, but see, that one... I think... I didn't like any of the characters in that one. And I specifically didn't like Harry's character because I feel like he purposely had to act so naive. Right. I mean, like the whole time watching, I'm like, why is he so stupid and naive? It's because it's not because of Harry's acting was bad. It's because he was actually supposed to act like that. Yeah. I did think he wasn't that good, though, in that either. Like, no, no, I, I don't think Harry is a terrible actor. I just think he's not great. He needs work. He needs a lot of direction. He was, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Oh, Harry. That's so funny. Harry. My book this week reminds me of Harry stuff. We love him. <laughs> well, it reminds me more so of our relationship to Harry Styles. Mm. You'll see. Uh, what is the theme this week? Can you guys guess? Yes. Did you re- read the title? <laughs> Of the episode. I bet you did. I bet you did. It is. Obsession. Yeah. Silly, goofy, scary, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Common trope in. Fic- in all fiction. My book wasn't horror, but I feel like Obsession's really big in horror. Mine was horror. What was your book? I read um, Gone to See the River Man. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear about this one. I'm scared. This one's wild. Not for the faint of heart. I'm really... How many people were scared? Um, And I read a book called... Idle Burning by Rin Usami. Not horror, but kind of freaky in like a in weird literary fiction way. 
what like books do you think of when you think of obsession like other than the like Lolita Lolita I thought of misery Misery, that's a good one. What do I think of when I think of obsession? Twilight. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Any, any like weird love story, kind of. Yeah. Because that's what Misery and Lolita are too when you think really hard about it. Yeah, yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> um, but yeah, obsession. Characters that are obsessed. What do we consider obsessed a bad thing? No. I think I agree. But only because I'll implicate myself if I call it a bad thing and then talk about my book. <laughs> You'll see. Um, I, I mean, it definitely can be a bad thing, but like, yeah. like I'm obsessed with books. Yeah, we are obsessed with books. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. You can be obsessed with a good thing. Mm hmm but yeah, obsession, like we, I associate with it like all consuming kind of though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. hit me with that one. They hit me with that one. What do you say? Should we just jump right into it? Let's do it. Um, yeah. So I read Idol Burning by Rin Usami. It is a fairly new book. It came out, I believe, in 2022 in hardcover. Um, it was translated by Asa Yoneda uh, from the Japanese. Oh, I see. So it was written in Japanese in 2020, and then it was translated in English in 2022. Um, and this book is about a high school girl named Akira, who is obsessed with a boy band called Maza Maza, a J-pop band. And she's specifically obsessed with one member of Maza Maza named Masaki. And it's only 110 pages, very, very short book. And it basically just follows this girl as she grows more and more and more obsessed with this j-pop star and i guess in asia specifically i think korea and japan the like celebrities are called idols uh so it's called idol burning because of that and she'll like refer to him as her idol uh in a way that i don't think we necessarily do in western like countries that being said though being obsessed with a boy band is a universal teenage girl thing like every every everywhere all the girlies are doing it um but her obsession maybe gets to the point of like being a little bit too extreme um and she like basically like fails out of school because <laughs> she's just so obsessed with Masaki and writing this blog about him and running the social media about him and following his literal every move. So like her goal is to make sure she understands him inside and out. And she like keeps a binder of facts about him and she has to know everything. And the other weird thing, the reason it's called idle burning is because he's recently gotten into a bit of controversy himself. And so she's like, kind of like, you know, because she's an unreliable narrator, it's kind of like, we're unsure if he actually did this bad thing or not. And she's like kind of defending him. And, and so there's all that. Um, and then like, without, I, I don't want to get into too many spoilers in case people read it, but like, that's the general um, 
outline of the book, I suppose. For readability, I did give this book a 5.5. It wasn't like the most fast-paced book ever. It is very classically literary fiction in that it, it uh, nothing happens, <laughs> which is like fine. Um, and it's like weird enough that you want to keep reading, um, but it's not like it's a page turner by any means. Um, but like I said, it's weird enough. And that's the thing that I really do like about um, Japanese fiction is that it is all like quite strange. Uh, it reminded me of uh, this book I read called Miss Ice Sandwich by uh, Mako Kawakami, which I actually really liked. And it's about this little boy who's obsessed with this like goth woman who works in the in the sandwich shop. Um, so that's also like an it's a book about obsession very much so in the same way that this book is um but that same sort of idea that like you want to keep reading it because like the main character is like super weird and like the obsession itself is very strange but it's not like I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of plot and I'll get into that I guess a little bit more uh later for language and style, I gave this a seven. I really did enjoy this author's writing style. She had these really visceral, sort of almost like gory um, descriptions at time, which is like a weird word to use when something's not horror and nothing like horrific is happening. Um, but let me see if I can find... some good examples of this um she goes it felt like a permanent version of the dizziness i got after staying too long in the bath um and then she goes Still looking down, I picked up my desk and started moving. Clusters formed naturally and then readjusted, and at the end, I was the only one standing, elbows extended, desk hanging off my arms. My skin gathered heat, and I thought of the lines of sight tangling around every motion I made to look at the faces surrounding me and froze. The seconds ticking past added up inside my rib cage. It's just like weird. Like it is, it's gory, even though it's not, nothing gory is happening. Like in, in a few sentences later, she says, perhaps Akari wouldn't think twice about crying in a situation like this, but I found it needy and abject. I would be losing to my body. I pried my jaws away from each other. I relaxed my temples and shifted my awareness away gradually. Something about that, like, I pried my jaws away from each other. She's just describing very everyday things in like a really like physical way. Um, sighs settled over the living rooms and sobs soaked into the gaps between the floorboards and into the wood grain of the wardrobes. Maybe that was how a home broke down over the years, as the sound of doors slamming and chairs roughly scraping the floor built up like dust, and the slow drip of gnashing teeth and resentful grumbling bloomed into mildew. Our teetering half-defunct household almost seemed to be asking to collapse. very good rereading that just now I was like damn um so very very cool writing style and especially for a book that's like not related not horror at all and to just have descriptions of very basic things like uh, those two descriptions one was of like a family being tense and fighting in a household and the other was of a teenage girl getting uncomfortable in her classroom when they had to like team up for group projects and both of them just kind of make your skin crawl in a way that's like, that does actually happen when those things are happening. But I don't think anybody ever really dares to like put it into words that way. So that was very cool. For form, I gave this book a six. I did think that it was experimental and interesting um, for two reasons. One was there was a lot of um, like 
tweets and like Instagram live comments and Instagram picture comments and like blog posts text because she's running this sort of she's living this lifestyle where she's like very very chronically online because of this boy band uh the other really cool thing is this book is illustrated which I always really like I think it's really cool I think more books for adults should be illustrated and um every chapter has at least one illustration in it which I found to be very fun and they were quite good as well um let me see if I can just pull up the name of the illustrator just so we know who she is her name is Leslie Hung um the name of the illustrator so that is very fun um for shelf worthiness I gave this book a five I liked this book enough like I'm glad I read it do I think you need to run out and grab it right this second no um, but I think it is like almost especially fun if you were somebody who was obsessed with um a boy band, um, which I'll get into like a little bit more, I think, when I talk about plot and characterization. But otherwise it's it, it's you could borrow it, you could e-read it, you could get it from the library, you could wait for it to come out in paperback. It's not one of those that I'm like, if you don't get it now, I'll kill you for plot and characterization I gave this book a seven um because even if Akira was obsessed with Mazamaza and Masaki to the point that it was having a negative impact on her life both the plot and her were very relatable to me um you all hear Marissa and I talk about it quite often I was obsessed with One Direction like like full stop I will say I never got to the point where I ran a One Direction like social media page if you did hey I love you I was probably following it but I was like I had to know everything about them. Like at some point I knew like all their birthdays, all their zodiac signs, all their like like I I every single one of them. I would spend hours on Tumblr reading about them, reposting pictures of them. Like I would spend hours watching videos like funny moments of that like I was obsessed to the point of like also like maladaptive daydreaming um because I some sort of phenomenon happens when you're like a teenager who like finds something that you love where you like low-key think that it's ex attainable in a really weird way or either that or you like low-key think that you're like connected to these people in like an otherworldly way I guess which I think is how Akira feels like she less so feels like she's gonna end up married to Masaki one day and more so feels like like she was put on this earth to like know and understand him and like communicate with him from afar which like is like I Marissa we've talked about this because your sister kind of had that like vibe where she like thought One Direction was talking to her and I never was at that point but I did I would be sitting there and be like okay so I'm gonna move to London and I'm gonna find Niall Horan and he's gonna fall in love with me and we're gonna be together forever and I was like that's literally just gonna happen like that's it's true um so I feel like those are like the two sort of things that happen when you get obsessed with uh, a band or one singular celebrity. Like I'm sure this happened to people with like Justin Bieber um, and you know, whatever. But those are like the two different routes and Akira went the route of just being completely like, it's my mission on earth to worship this guy. Uh, and it almost becomes like this 
religious thing, like worshiping somebody at an altar. Um, and the, co- the cover art for this book is gorgeous. And the cover is sort of an altar with candles um, to this idol. Um, really, really interesting meditation, if anything, uh, this book, even if, if, even if we, I rank it seven for plot because it didn't have a, a super, um, twisty turny plot. Um, the other thing I'll just say before I wrap up is, uh, the Emily Austin who wrote Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead, which is a book I do really want to read, her blurb made me giggle. It says, Idle Burning offers a compelling and thoughtful window into obsession, loneliness, and reasons to live, period. I stan. And I just thought that was funny. Like, low-key, stan, Eminem, like, that's another great example of, like, low-key literary obsession because, like, he really wrote a poem with that thing, with that song. And it was crazy. And that music video was crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's Idle Burning by Rin Usami. Literally, yes. Literally, yes. Sounds so good. You relate. I oh, I relate. I forget that you ran, you had an Instagram, right? I had an Instagram for a little bit. Um a very brief time but I also had like my Wattpad account that I actually like wrote fanfic on and like people actually followed it it was kind of wild I can't yeah (laughs) and um and when One Direction were coming to Buffalo I got in with this like group of girls who like started all the fan projects and we like went and made all the fan projects together to hand them out at the shows i'm dead yeah and like the one girl was like like i remember we were all sitting in her basement and talking about it again my mom just let me go and just hang out with these people like whatever anyways wild um and she was literally like i have no idea how i'm gonna get tickets to this show blah 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 as we're sitting in like her mansion house and i was literally like something is off (laughs) yeah what that's so weird yeah she was a a brat I'm not gonna lie and um definitely rich honestly I should try to look her up she had kind of a unique name yeah you should see if you can find her one day yeah 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 Um, I don't one more thing I want to say about the book is I don't want to like spoil the plot or anything but like there's also like these key moments you remember when you're like a part of a fandom like that and I actually don't remember where I was when One Direction announced that they were going on hiatus and I think that's because I was like pretty 99% sure they were coming back and I was just fucking delusional um but I remember exactly where I was when Zayn quit that band I don't remember either now that I'm thinking about it about the hiatus or about Zayn? Did it, uh, about the hiatus. It had to be our junior year, right? Because Harry released his music senior year. I think so. Interesting. By the way, what, what year did that book come out? 2020. It's very for the moment. It is very for the moment. It's very for the moment. Um, But yeah, the girls in this book have a moment of like, be more so like, where were you when you heard Zayn left One Direction? Like, it just shatters you. Like, because you feel like this obsession is your life, low key. And so then when you like, something like that happens, you're like, like, you that literally out. was my life. It was my life. It was my life. Like that, I spent every waking moment was about One Direction. Like I worked two jobs at the age of 14 just so that I could go away all summer to go see One Direction to travel around. Yeah. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Good times. I would do it again. And I'd do it again. It's weird because I actually think that Zayn leaving One Direction 
made them going on hiatus less world crashing in a in a weird way. I, I agree. I think that's exactly what it was. I I agree. And I really did think they were coming back. Me too. <laughs> but part of me is still like, ah. no, because listen, bitch, remember in 2020, summer 2020, everybody thought they were going to come back and they just fucking didn't. Because it was that, their, what, 10 year anniversary? Yeah. And that whole week, I was like trying to find like clues that they were coming back. And that day, I was like so pumped. And it's like, you fall right back into it. And so I just know if they did ever get back together, I'd be like, here we go again. (laughs) Or like just recently that Instagram account, the boys are back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever, did you get to the end of it and see who it was? No. Yes. I don't know. Who was Emblem 3? Are you kidding? Right, right. And they were like, we were doing a tribute to all the other boy bands. No, you're making us all look dumb. Shut up, Emblem. Fucking Chloe, you're the one that I want. Honestly, that song's so good. It's so good. I kind of love it. (laughs) The time that Jessica told me Emblem 3 used to be her favorite band is the time my perception of Jessica changed entirely. Oh, I wonder if she's excited that they're coming back. She probably is shitting herself. We should ask her. I'm asking her right now. I feel like there's something else I was going to say about that, but I can't remember what it was. Oh. I don't know if you just saw my friend is reading um what is it my year of rest and relaxation yes she's reading it if anyone has you know that book's trending right now it's popular everyone loves it she might stop reading it (laughs) because of this line Whoopi goldberg was my main hero i spent a lot of time staring at her on screen and picturing her vagina Solid, <gasps> honest magenta. <laughs> Why? Who wrote that? Who put that in a book and said this needs to go out to the whole world? That's 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 something you write in the never to be said out loud journal, and you hide that shit. And you, yeah, you burn burn it. What the fuck? In case anyone really wanted to read that book, that's. That's for I, you to think I about. don't know if it makes me like like not want to read it or if it actually makes me want to read it even more. Because I'm like, what other sort of unhinged things could this woman possibly be saying? I would rather read crazy, messed up, disgusting horror than I would read like weird, cringy, real life shit like that. About Whoopi Goldberg wanting magenta. Whoopi- magenta vagina thing and also Whoopi Goldberg being your hero is so iconic low-key like that's fucking funny yes that's great like that's hilarious damn well my year of rest and relaxation folks I can't that's silly goofy literally Um, um that was scary that was wild i'm a fool to do your dirty work oh yeah why are you singing that song i don't really remember why i'm singing that song that's like the third time that song has popped up in my life this week kind of weird that's really weird Mm mm-hmm um, okay, obsession. We're gonna talk about "Gone to See the Riverman" by Christopher Triana. I think I read this book. Like second or third week in January, maybe. Um, you've probably seen it on TikTok. It is only like a hundred and. It's 165 pages long. It's from Grindhouse Press. So it's a small press. And in even like, I love when small presses do this. In the back of the book, they have the, like a list of their other titles listed. And they all sound like really great 
Um, weird stories. We love that. There's one called uh, Limbs, a love story. Love that. Sounds great. So that's all really fun. Everyone go buy this book. Well, actually, wait. <laughs> Let's talk about it first before you go and buy it. Um, so if you don't know, this book is about it's very it's very close to Liza's book. There's a young lady who starts she's not young. She's just a lady. She's she's a middle-aged lady who starts a um she's she's a pen pal with a serial killer and they kind of start a romantic relationship and he says hey if you love me go pay a visit to the river man and give him this key that i have to return to him and she's like okay yeah cool cool, cool. i'm gonna do that um and she lives with her older sister who's suffered a brain injury that has made her act a lot younger than she is. Like, she acts like a child. And she's, like, 47. So that automatically starts the book off as, like, really weird. Um, And it's it's kind of weird because the book's, like, introduced and, like, she's calling her, sis, her sister sissy and... Sissy, will you make me a sandwich? But it it strictly says that she's older than her sister. And it's like weird. And you're immediately like, why is this 40-year-old lady acting like this towards her sister? And you don't realize until like it like two or three chapters in that that she's had this brain injury. So already really silly goofy. Um, it's already really weird. But so yes, yeah, so then she goes on this miraculous trip to deliver something to the river man. And I, I do want to say this because I think a lot of times TikTok is misleading. And I think, I think even sometimes descriptions on books can be hard to fully understand. For example, Yes, this book is about a lady who has an obsession with a serial killer. But, like, it's almost like that is the bread of the story. And the meat of the story is her, like, going to see this this river man and having this experience. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think I went into this thinking that it was something different than it was. But I wasn't disappointed at all because I liked, because like the, the parts where she's going to see the Riverman, it it gets into almost especially like the last couple chapters of the book. It's so fever dreamish where you're literally like, what the f am I reading? Um, that yeah, it's just weird and like weird horror is like my favorite, so that really worked out pretty well for this book. Um. Definitely trigger warnings in this book. Obviously, there's violence. Obviously, there's gore. There's also... Definitely rape. And definitely incest in this book. So that's something interesting to think about that I had no idea was in this book. And as soon as it went in that direction, I said, oh... That's wildly effed up. And it just gets worse. So, like, you might be like, wow, this is as bad as it gets. No, 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 no. It gets worse. Which is interesting because even though all this crazy stuff is happening in this book and you're like, wow, this fever gene part is weird and this serial killer part is weird, um, nothing is as, is as horrific as what this character has already done in their life. So like, that's how I feel about that. Anyways, let's get into it. For readability and interest, I gave it an eight. Again, it's a small book. I couldn't put this book down. I thought it was really fun to read, um, despite how effed up it was. 
and yeah, really short chapters, nothing too long. Um, and especially like the more you read it, the more you want to keep reading it. Like the first couple chapters, I think I got through a little bit slow. Not like they weren't boring or anything, not for any reason, just because I was just busy with my life or whatever. And then I hit a point where I was like, okay, I can't put this down. I need to keep reading it, which I love that. Um, For language and style, this book gets a five. And like, it's not for any terrible reason, except that I do think this book could have done with a little bit more editing. Um, some of it's understandable. I'm going to get into it when we talk about form, but some of this book is in letters. And so it's written in kind, especially when um, Ed, the serial killer, is writing. He writes in very poor grammar, very like shorthand slang writing. Um, instead of your, he says your, instead of your, he says yeah, things like that. Um, and it's spelled out that way, and that's just how he writes. And that makes sense for for Ed here. Um, but, but, so, it, like, in that way, it makes sense. In other ways, I'm, I don't, I, I can't find an example right now. I think one thing that I'm finding that this author does a lot, especially in this, I haven't read his other books, but in this book is he will tell you something and then like over explain it instead of just letting the reader get it. So I think it definitely could have done with some editing there. Just, I don't know, little things like that. Nothing too bad, but, but sometimes it's like, enough to make you pause and that's why it's going to get a five for form like I, I didn't really write form but i will say um it does go back and forth a lot in this book so it will be like present day then it does a letter from Lori. then it goes present day then it goes into her past then it does a letter from ed to Lori. then it goes present day you know so it jumps around a lot uh, but it's not difficult to follow. I just recently read um, a different book where it was jumping between present and past. And it was really hard for whatever reason. I don't even know why, but it was just really hard to figure out which time period you were in with the character. This book surprisingly does it pretty well. Um, and that's great. For Shelf Worthy Read Again, I gave it a seven. I think I will read this book again, mainly because it was so effed up. I feel like there was so much that my brain couldn't even grasp onto in the first read. Um, That being said, it won't be anytime soon because this book was disgusting <laughs> and I need to wash the grime off of me even almost two months after I had read it. Um, But I do want to keep it on my shelf. I think this is I hate saying it's a fun read because it's so disturbing, but it really was a fun read. Um, and again, like, especially like that, the, the end chapters, it's just such a like crazy fever dream that even your mind has like trouble figuring out what you were picturing when you were reading it, um, which is beautiful. I love that. That's like one of my favorite things. That's like, I don't know. I love crazy things. I love them. For plot, I gave this book a seven. I like how a lot of things came full circle. I like how sometimes I like that there is no good redemption arc in a book. Um, I really enjoyed... There's something that happened at the end that you read it and you were like, I don't know why I thought that this would be any different. Of course, this would be exactly the way that it that it was. 
Um, I thought this book was really, really gory. And I feel like I haven't had a good gory book in a while. So I really appreciated that from this. I really loved the descriptions and everything. Um, I loved how puzzly it was in 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 parts of it. Um, yeah. And I just really think even just even just yeah the just the basic idea the basic plot for this book is even just so interesting this lady is obsessed with a serial killer and he says hey go deliver this to the river man for from me and she just does it that's so wild that's so freaking wild um and it's cool how, like, you as a reader, like, no sane person would do this. Of course not. Of course not. And, like, the book clearly explains that to you. Like, of course not. Like, anytime I was reading this book and I was like, there's no way. Like, that's crazy. And then it makes sense. And then I'm like, yeah, I get it. So, seven for that. Characterization, I gave it a seven. I didn't really like any of the characters in this book. And that's why this got a seven. Like I was half convinced to give it an eight, but I gave it a seven. Truthfully, if you want 100% honesty, I'll give it to you. My favorite character in this book, the Riverman. Is he the devil? We don't know. We don't, we don't talk about that. Maybe, possibly, perhaps. Does he exist at all? Who knows? It's like Harry being like, is Olivia a place? Is, she, is it a feeling? Is it a person? We don't know. Yeah, literally that, but this book. That's how I feel about that. Um, You really don't, there are few people in this book who you can really grab onto. And sometimes that's a good thing, to protect your own self and your own sanity when you're reading books. Um, so yeah, seven for that. And that's Gone to See the River Man. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want to read it mostly because I really want to know what the River Man is. Like, the way that you never said shit about shit makes me, mm -hmm. in terms of him, makes me even more intrigued to be like, what? Because I heard, wow, like, you're like, oh, take this to go see the river man. I'm like, what is a river man? Like, what does that mean? Literally. Oh, um, that, like, freaks me out. And it's just, it's just one of those cool books where it's like, It, it has a lot going on, but, like, nothing is too much in a way. And, and like, I mean that in the sense that, like, this is a serial killer book, but it's also, like, a fever dream type book. But it's also, like, weirdly, like, an odyssey type book. Yeah. But it's also, like, uh, it's also, like, a small town type book. Like, everyone who lives along this river knows who the river man is. And they know what it means when someone's going to see the river man. I, I'm scared. I have to read it. It that's, is so, it's lovely. That's so weird. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. it, it did make me like a little bit ill some at some points. Okay. Sometimes I don't like books where I like literally feel like I'm going to throw up. But the only time I've ever really not liked a book that made me think I was going to throw up is it was a nonfiction book. So maybe as long as it's like a spooky horror fiction. I'll be okay. Yeah, it, it was like the incesty parts that I was like, yeah. and like even I'm I am usually weird when there are like there's mentally disabled characters. Yeah, that is but weird. This one didn't bother me. Okay. She very much added to the story in a correct way, I felt. Oh, good. Okay. 
Interesting. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> and I made us get this book at work, even though it's a print on demand. And it's already sold down and we've already ordered 10 more. So Yay! that's awesome. Yeah, we love it. Love it. Um, Shliza. Yeah. What's next week? Next week is we're digging into the depths of time and space. And uh, we're reading books that are folklore based on folklore, based on fairy tales. Maybe we'll talk a little bit like diff- about the difference between folklore and fairy tale because we were kind of talking about that. Just the two of us, I think. Like what sets like folklore, fairy tale, myth, legend, that sort of thing. Um, what are you reading? I'm gonna read The Changeling by Victor Lavelle. Yeah. And I'm gonna read a book called Forty by Alan Heathcock. Who's excited? I'm excited. Me. What what is your what's your yeah so origin story? It's potentially controversial, um, because it's the rapture. It's like biblical. It's biblical folklore, which so it might piss off some people to call that folklore, but I'm gonna call it folklore. I love it. Do it. I love it. Mine is the the story of the changeling. Yeah. Which is what we were trying to figure out if that is a what that it's yeah we we'll find out next week we'll find out I'm excited um so tune in y'all we'll see you then see you then take it easy peace out. Slay, slay what you wanna slay. Um, 